On this week's Ness and Patriots podcast, we break down day one of Patriots-Panthers joint practice, including why New England's offense provided reasons for optimism, how New England's defense dominated Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, and what to make of the multiple fights and ejections that broke out during practice on Tuesday. Hello and welcome to the Nesson Patriots podcast. My name is Zach Cox, joined as always by Dakota Randall. We are coming to you hours after the Patriots' first joint practice with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I am actually overlooking the practice field where the Patriots just practiced a few hours ago. So if you hear any background noise there, I apologize. Uh, Dakota is in a nice uh, soundproof room, so his audio should be uh, much better than mine. But we're powering through it. We're powering through it. It was a very eventful day I would say uh, on these Patriots practice fields probably the most entertaining day of training camp so far Uh, you had offensive intrigue you had defensive intrigue you had a lot of fights a lot of ejections there was just there was a lot going on here at practice today in Foxborough so a hard question Dakota but to start what what was your number one takeaway from these practices would you come away with uh uh, as your kind of headline uh, from this day out here uh, on these practice fields. I just think generally it was good to see the Patriots uh, finally ramp up the intensity a little bit. I mean, I was looking at it. I, they hadn't had a padded full speed, like full intensity practice since last Monday. I think it was. That's really like the only like fully competitive padded practice in the last like 10 or 11 days or something. If you don't count the fact that the starter, if you consider the fact that the starters didn't play against the giants. So I just think, you know, if we finally got a, a real look at the offense and defense to see how they stacked up um, against actual competition. And I think, you know, I think for the offense, it was uh, it was a continuing the continuation of a, of a positive trend of them getting better over the last couple of practices. I think, you know, the quick hit stuff uh, looks like it's getting much better. Still not a lot downfield, although there were some moments in this practice. Um, and I think really. You know, the story of the day for the Patriots was the defense. I think, um, you know, Dietrich Wise said they dominated throughout. I think, you know, maybe that was a little strong. I do think it looked like Christian McCaffrey really gashed them a few times, and there were a couple breakdowns uh, towards the end, but I still think overall it was a really good day for the Patriots defense. Um, And I thought, you know, I was wondering how they'd react coming out and finally having a, you know, ramp up in physicality and intensity, and I thought they they met the challenge, Um, and I thought it was just an interesting day and a productive day for them. Yeah, I think the most impressive unit I would say for the Patriots today was their defense. Um, as you mentioned, Dietrich Wise said they they had a dominant day. And even though they did have a couple of breakdowns, uh, you mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey. He got uh, matched up against Juwan Bentley in coverage uh, on one of the uh, two-minute drills, which was a, a clear mess, mismatch in favor of Carolina. He also saw a long touchdown uh, to DJ Moore, who beat Jonathan Jones in coverage. But overall, I would say this was a, a pretty resounding victory on that side of the ball for the Patriots. Um, there were just there are Patriots defenders in and around the backfield, basically throughout practice. Dietrich Wise was in there uh, several times. Matthew Judon, Devon Gotcha, Anthony Jennings, uh, Christian Barmore had a couple of really impressive plays in there. And even though from what I can gather, the Panthers offensive line is not especially impressive and is dealing with uh, some some pretty large question marks on its own coming out of today seeing the way the Patriots defense performed it did give give me the thought that maybe we didn't give that group 
enough credit for how poorly the Patriots offense looked in some of those earlier Patriots uh, training camp practices because uh, the offense did look poor. It did look disjointed, but it wasn't exclusively because of the new system and the confusion and, and whatnot. Uh, the Patriots do seem to have some legit talent on that defense this season. And it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how that progresses over these next couple of weeks until the regular season starts. But overall, even if the defense was the more impressive group today, I do think the, the kind of main takeaway was just that the offense looked fine. The offense did. It looked like a, I don't know, legitimate, normal standard NFL offense. Uh, this wasn't a case where, like it had been in some of the, the previous Patriots practices where they just, they literally couldn't move. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't run. Uh, there were free pass rushers coming all over the place. Um, Mac Jones was constantly under pressure. There was communication breakdowns. There was just sloppiness everywhere. This was far from a perfect practice from the Patriots offense by any means. Uh, as you mentioned, a lot of it was short passing stuff. Uh, there were limited downfield opportunities that they had later in practice, uh, especially a couple of impressive plays. By, Dev by Devontae Parker. They barely ran the ball at all, so that's still a bit of a question mark. Maybe we'll see some more of that tomorrow. Uh, but overall, I think they can be encouraged coming out of this practice just with the way the offense operated, just where there weren't a ton of miscommunications, there weren't a ton of substitution breakdowns, there weren't clear, obvious uh, blocking issues. Uh, it was a step in the right direction, and, and I think this group has been trending positively lately. Uh, obviously, that's not not hard to do, given the uh, very, very low level that they were at uh, about a week ago. Uh, but I do think that they are generating a bit more optimism on that that side of the ball uh, than we felt a couple of days ago. Yeah, definitely, especially when you compare it to how things have been going so far. Um, you know, I think for me, the the pass protection appears to be much better than it, than it has been recently. I still think you know there were a lot of issues in run blocking today. I mean, it, it wasn't as many just run stuffs right at the line or, or for a loss that we've seen in practice, but still they didn't get a ton going there. So I'd like to see the, the run blocking get better. Um, you know, I don't know if how other people feel about it. I thought Mac Jones was just kind of fine today. Uh, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was great. I think he had that kind of that weird interception uh, on the goal line at the end of practice. And you know, I think that was, you know, we were looking at it and it was a, a got to have it play. I think they had it with five seconds left on the clock. So he was just trying to make a play, but still he was kind of falling away from the end zone and just kind of chucked it up. And it was just the kind of play where if that was a got to have it game on the line play in the regular season, and that's how it wound up looking, I think we would have criticized it. So I thought, you know, that was, that was a bit of a second guess. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking there because, you know, overall, I think just compared to how it's looked for much of training camp, uh, and I mean, going into this week, we didn't know if how it was going to look, if it was going to be a, an abject disaster, especially considering they haven't faced much real contact. Uh, but I think today, more than anything, was really encouraging. Yeah, it was more of just getting back to the kind of baseline standard level, just getting out of what we saw from this this team in those previous practices where it just it didn't even look like an NFL offense. It didn't look like if after we, after watching how they performed in, I think it was, what was it day 10 maybe, or day nine? Or, yeah. I think it was day 10 of training camp. You looked at that and you say, I don't even know how they can 
run this against like other NFL players, people are going to get killed. This is just not going to work. Today it was at least a little bit more, um, a little bit more representative there, which I think the Patriots have to be a bit encouraged by. Uh, but you did mention the the run game issues. Uh, Patriots only ran the ball five times on 38 uh, 11 on 11 snaps um, with Mac Jones and their quarterback. One of them, uh, at least one of them was a run stuff. One of them was a holding penalty. So certainly still some issues there to clean up. Um, I think it'll be interesting and uh, I'm hopeful from an observers and evaluator standpoint that they do a little bit more of that run game, um, uh, run game work tomorrow uh, in their second joint practice, just because that was probably the bigger of the two issues uh, for them um, in those earlier practices was that they, they just couldn't run the ball whatsoever. They were getting no push up front. They were getting no movement. Um, so we'll see if they start to rep that a little bit more on Wednesday um, and see if we see any improvements there from that group. Yeah. Um, and one, one but, other quick note on that. One quick note is, you know, and I was speaking to the offensive line. Um, I was just doing my three up, three down column for the practice. And I was really going back and forth on who I was going to do for the third down. And uh, I, I like try to talk myself out of it. And then I, you know, I thought about it and I kind of looked around to see how other people recorded the stats. And ultimately I thought it was kind of a down day for Cole Strange. Um, you know, I thought in the one-on-one drills, he had one good rep. I forget who it was against, but I thought he was kind of decisively beaten on two others. Um, and then during the competitive drills, uh, he gave up one sack. Uh, that we noticed. I forget again who was, I think it was number 95, but I forget who that is. And then there was one earlier, I think it was the first 11 on 11 period. Uh, the hold that you're talking about on a run, I think that was on him. The officials, it, it was, it, it was on a run right behind him. Yeah. It, it wasn't yeah. clear who, whether that was on him or whether it was on Trent Brown or somebody else, but the run was, yeah, directly at, um, directly at Strange. Yeah. And it was, he, you know, the hole was, you know, right next to him, he'd open up the hole and that's where I think it was Harris ran through. So I think the hold was on him, uh, but either way, I just think it wasn't a terrible day by any means, but I do think he's been a little up and down, which is to be expected for, you know, an offensive guard from Chattanooga being thrust into what looks like a starting role in the NFL. Uh, but just, you know, uh, I'm curious to see how he does tomorrow. If indeed it is a more run heavy day. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things that stood out to me that we, haven't really mentioned uh, in regards to the defense. I, I thought the secondary was very impressive from the Patriots today. Uh, Jalen Mills is having an extremely strong camp. I would say at this point, he is pretty, pretty decisively locked down, locked down that number one cornerback job uh, in the Patriots secondary. Uh, it's, I think, going to be a little bit of a different number one cornerback job than we've seen in recent years, just because Jalen Mills, to this point in his career has not looked like a pro bowl kind of lockdown caliber cover man, like the Patriots have had really for the last decade in that secondary. Uh, so I think you're going to see them play some things a little bit differently. And, and I don't think you'll probably see him put on an Island against Stefan Diggs consistently, like they used to do with guys like Stefan Gilmore in there, but compared to his peers right now, he does seem like the clear top dog in that unit. And really interestingly, it seems like Jonathan Jones is borderline locked in as that uh, other starting outside cornerback. Uh, now that could certainly change between now and week one, but this has now been, I believe four consecutive practices, maybe five consecutive practices where those top two cornerbacks have been Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones, which has been a somewhat unexpected development. I would say just because Jonathan Jones for his entire Patriots career has been a slot guy 
uh, who also can play some safety, but he's played very little outside cornerback in the NFL. So it'll be a, a transition for him. I think, I, I think you've seen some of that transition show up on the practice field. I mentioned the long touchdown he led up today. He's been in coverage on, on a couple of big plays over the course of training camp. Uh, but he was also in, in coverage on three incompletions during the, the Panthers final two minute drive. I believe it was the, the final two minute drill. Uh, had some good moments in one-on-ones and some good moments in seven-on-sevens. Uh, I think the Patriots just seem to trust him more than they trust a Terrence Mitchell or a Malcolm Butler, who was not at practice again today, uh, or a Jack Jones, who looks like he's going to have some sort of a role this season, will likely contribute, but isn't quite ready for a, uh, a, a full-on starter role. Uh, so it does seem like Jones is their preferred option on the outside right now which raises an interesting question of who is going to replace him in the slot right now. It seems to be a two man race uh, between Marcus Jones and miles Bryant Uh, for a little while. It looked like Jones was the favorite for that role. And maybe he still is, but it has been interesting that miles Bryant has gotten the first ups in that position in each of the last two practices. So it seems like that's certainly an ongoing competition there. uh, And that's really now, where kind of the spotlight shifts. Uh, everybody was focused on these outside cornerbacks for the first couple of weeks of training camp, just because we had no idea who was going to actually be playing there. Now it seems like that is borderline solidified. So now it's, all right, who's going to start in that slot? Is it going to be one of those two guys? Is Sean Wade going to make a late push? Is Are the Patriots going to do something funky with their safeties? Uh, I, I think that kind of takes center stage now in, in that cornerback debate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think Marcus Jones again today was really impressive. I think he had another really good day. Had, uh, I think, at least one or two pass breakups. Um, yeah, he had, he had a breakup really... in one-on-ones. He had a breakup in seven-on-sevens. I'm not sure if he had one in 11-on-elevens, in but he, had, he got his hand on at least two passes today. Yeah, and I just think, you know, more than anything, the more we watch him, it just looks like he belongs. Uh, and that mm-hmm. of the two rookie cornerbacks, looks like he's the most ready to have an, an immediate role early on. We'll see if that materializes. Um, but I, I just think I can, I continue to be Im- impressed with how he's done. Uh, and I just think, it, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, I've kind of gone back and forth this summer on whether Miles Bryant is going to make the team, make the team. I forget in your 53 man roster projection today, how did you, or I think yesterday, how did he's, you? I did one yesterday and I left him off. Um, begrudgingly, he was one of the, one of the tough cuts, I think on there just because the entire team seems to love him. Bill Belichick seems to love him. He actually did play pretty well as the punt returner in that first preseason game. But I just keep coming back to the Patriots drafted Marcus Jones, in my mind, to be a better version of Miles Bryant. And maybe he's not quite there just yet. Maybe he is quite there just yet. But I don't know. It seems a little bit redundant to carry both of them on the roster, which is why I think Bryant might have to decisively win that slot role this summer for the Patriots to keep him around. But uh, I don't know. I left him off on both of my roster projections, but at this point it would not be shocking if the Patriots did keep him because they do seem to like him. Yeah. And I just think it's interesting where if you, if you consider that Jonathan Jones, um, Jalen Mills, Marcus Jones and Jack Jones are automatically on the roster and the Patriots usually carry five or six cornerbacks. I forget which one it was last year, but um, then that really leaves the final one or two spots to be between Miles Bryant, Sean Wade, Malcolm Butler, uh, and Terrence Mitchell. And so if, if two of those guys get cut, you know, any one of those guys is a notable cut. 
Uh, so yep. if two of them go, let's say it's Butler and Mitchell. I mean, that's those are two free agent signings. Obviously, Malcolm Butler, notable for a variety of reasons. It's just going to be interesting to see uh, how that position battle shakes out here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, at this point, I would... I think it's somewhat unlikely that both Mitchell and Butler are going to be on the team in yeah, week one, especially if Jonathan Jones sticks at this outside cornerback uh, spot, because neither one of those players has a ton of positional uh, versatility there in the secondary. So, and we're still not sure what's actually going on with Malcolm Butler because he has not been at practice for the last two days. We haven't seen him since he played uh, in that preseason game against the giants last week. So we'll see if he shows up tomorrow. We'll see if he's active uh, on Friday, but it's uh He's certainly missing some some valuable time, I would say, this week in that uh, in that roster battle. Uh, yep. Another no- notable development from today, as I mentioned off the top, just the the intensity, the the fights that we saw today. We saw three fights break out in one single 11-11 period. Uh, it was a period between the Patriots' offense and the Panthers' defense. Uh, resulted in five ejections, uh, including three Patriots players, Christian Wilkerson, Kendrick Bourne, and James Ferentz, all kicked out of practice. Uh, Bourne and Wilkerson were kicked out for the first fight. Uh, Ferentz was kicked out for the third fight. Um, it seemed to be something that was kind of percolating over the course of practice because the the Panthers defenders especially were being especially physical, very kind of active after the play, I would say they were really, they were, they were punching out uh, balls after, after receptions. They were maybe playing an extra half second after the whistle. You saw a couple uh, harder hits maybe than you would usually see uh, in a practice setting like this. And it, it seemed like that whole situation was bound to bubble over eventually. Uh, and eventually, and eventually did in one of the bigger training camp brawls that I've seen in quite a while. Um, and Bourne being kicked out for his role in that. He was not directly involved initially, but he came running in from the sideline, started throwing some punches. Uh, if you throw punches in a Patriots practice, you automatically get kicked out. I think that was just kind of the latest moment in what's been a, a pretty disappointing camp for him so far. Um, I'm not ready to say that to, to make any kind of declarations about his roster status or anything like that, uh, but he really has not been – he hasn't performed the level that, that I expected from him after how impressive he was last season. Um, but Dakota, what, what was your thoughts on one, the fights uh, and two, just, just Kendrick Bourne's summer. It's been a, it's been a strange couple of weeks for him, strangely quiet. Uh, and now obviously had the uh, high profile dismissal here today. Yeah. The fights were interesting. It, it was they had, the first one, which is the biggest and the most, most noteworthy one happened so fast that it was kind of hard to get a good read on what went on uh you know from what i saw and then judging from what some of the other guys watching said um it looked like christian wilkerson uh you know after the play on the sideline uh like you said a panthers player uh you know might have made an extra play in the ball but uh i believe it was phil perry that said that he saw one of the panthers assistant coaches sort of shoved at wilkerson like get back to your own sideline and wilkerson sort of snapped back said something and then Damian Harris was nearby and to your point this might have been you know kind of over all the uh you know the after whistle activity and then he sort of started it and then it all just like all right guys come on let's like what what are we doing here what are we doing let's yeah it was one of those yeah and then you know you know what happened happened and then I but to your point you know I think the bigger takeaway is is I don't know what Kendrick Bourne is doing there 
Um, and I, I was talking to Mark Daniels from the Providence Journal, and he said that he, looking through his binoculars, saw that Bourne was actually throwing punches with two players and that one of them landed a few good body shots on like his rib cage and that, uh, and that Bourne kind of like hunched over and looked to be in, in some pain. It didn't look like he was like anything was wrong as he was exiting the field. He just was kind of yelling like he was angry. But the point being, you know, as a, as kind of a team leader and one of the more important players on the offense, like you just can't be doing that and putting yourself in that situation. I mean, the last thing this offense needs is Kendrick Bourne breaking his hand or suffering an injury because of some stupid fight during training camp. Uh, and it, like you said, it's kind of been a continuation of a weird, uh, a weird training camp for him. There was, I think last Monday's practice, that really awful practice for the Patriots offense. There was that interception where Mac Jones overthrew him deep and Jalen Mills got it. And, it's not uncommon for receivers or players to be really frustrated after a play like that, but he was really animated for a while, like more than I've seen some of the other players uh, who've had similar things happen to them during camp. Uh, he made those weird comments yesterday about he's willing to do anything, even if he's coming off the bench. Uh, he hasn't always been one of the top three wideouts during team drills during camp. Uh, and just like you said, it's been quiet for him. He hasn't just, he hasn't done a lot. And I, like you, I don't really know what to make of it, but it's just, like going into training camp in, in the preseason, a lot of people thought if it's not Devontae Parker, that Kendrick Bourne would be like one A, one B with him uh, for the top wide on the offense. And it just it hasn't panned out. And he's, he's just looked really frustrated throughout the training camp. And I wonder if today was sort of like the latest manifestation of that. Yeah, I believe Bourne caught one pass on one target in 11 on 11 drills um, from Mac Jones today before he was. Uh, kicked out of practice is actually his one catch came on the play before uh, that fight started also had one catch in seven on seven drills I believe that gives him eight total catches over the Patriots last 11 uh, competitive training camp practices uh, so just a much lower volume level than what we were expecting uh, from a player who was such an important part of this offense last season um, but we can probably start to wrap up there just Dakota any final thoughts as we go into both this second joint practice on Wednesday and uh, preseason game number two on Friday? No, not too many. I think um, one other point that I wanted to make, uh, and I think you just published a story on it, was you know Bill Belichick effectively confirming that Ty Montgomery is going to be on the roster. And I thought one of the more interesting developments in practice was during the Patriots, one of the Patriots' uh, two-minute or no-hurry-up offense drills at the end of practice there were like four straight completions, it seemed like, to Ty Montgomery, or like three out of four um, with a variety of routes out of the backfield. So it just it looks to me like he really has cemented his role as like the next passing down back with the James White replacement. As much as there's been talk about Ramondre Stevenson seeing more workload there, and, and he might he, he might wind up doing that. Uh, but you know during that drill today, the fact that Ty Montgomery was so heavily involved and then what Belichick said before practice, I think really drives home that he they're planning for him to have a big role this season. Yeah, three catches on during a five-play span uh, yep. during that two-minute drill for Montgomery. I thought it was interesting. Two of those were out of the backfield. One of those was while he was split out as a wide receiver. That shows the kind of versatility that he still does have because he is still listed as a wide receiver on the Patriots roster. He's a guy that can play that position as well. Um, and, yeah, before practice, Bill Belichick all but confirmed that uh, Montgomery will be on the roster this season. Uh, he said, it's great to work with him. And I look forward to working with him throughout the course of the year on the team in multiple roles. Uh, so that's a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong statement that Ty Montgomery is uh, in full roster lock territory at this point. Uh, and I do think that 
at the moment he has to project as that number one third down back in the James White role, even though I don't think that's going to be as as singular, I guess, as it was during James White tenure. James White's tenure, I don't think they're going to have one top passing down back that's going to kind of handle the vast majority of those responsibilities. I think it'll be a little bit more of a split uh, between Montgomery and a player like Ramondre Stevenson, who you mentioned. Uh, Bill Belichick also had a lot of nice things to say about Stevenson before practice. He said he has done a really good job improving his pass game skills. Uh, he's way better than he was last year, and he understands that that's an important part of his game. Um, we've definitely seen some improvement from Stevenson there uh, during the course of training camp. Uh, not so much today, but over these uh, over these last couple of weeks, he's definitely gotten more involved in that passing game. Uh, and then we'll see if, if Pierre Strong, uh, fourth-round rookie who most likely will be on the roster barring a major surprise, um, probably won't be ready to be a major contributor right off the bat uh, after he missed the start of training camp. And just given the general issues that Patriots rookie running backs typically experience, uh, but he's also definitely a guy who has the skill set to uh, contribute in that area as well. Um, but at the moment, it does look like um, Ty Montgomery is poised for a very real role in this Patriots offense, which was not a guarantee by any means uh, when he signed back in the spring. Uh, and that will do it for this week's Nesson Patriots podcast. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Cox Nesson. You can follow Dakota at Dak Randall Nesson. Uh, you can follow along with our Patriots game coverage, pregame coverage uh, when they host the Carolina Panthers this Friday. Uh, and you can follow along with all of our joint practice coverage as well. Tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon, all of that will be on Nesson.com.